Welcome to episode 12 of After the Ninth. I'm, I guess, half of uh, your show's host. I'm Cass Patterson. Uh, as you can tell by that little joke there, Dayton Sutherland is not with me as I do this intro and extra. Um, I'll talk a little bit more about that afterwards. But yeah, Date's trusting me to, you know, go solo. I guess I've been doing it long enough on Women of the Wagons that now he's trusting me to do it on After the Ninth when needed. So it's pretty cool sitting here just talking to my mic and, uh, you know, going to share some uh, fun uh, conversations with you with this interview with Brett Kissel. And I guess I just spilled the beans. So this week's episode is with country music star Brett Kissel. Um, Brett is just an all around great guy. And a little backstory about this interview. Last year when pandemic started, I really got into podcasts outside of my general sports podcasts and him and his wife Cecilia host a podcast called Keeping It Kissel. So with that, I was like, okay, you know, I want to listen to it. So I was listening to this podcast and they go about telling the story of how they met. And they actually met at the Bonneville Chuck Wagon races. I'm not going to go too deep into it because we already talk about it in the interview. But as soon as I heard that story, I texted Date and I went, you know what? We need to have this guy on. Like, let's do it. And uh, a year later, fast forward, we finally get the interview. So it was so cool. So much fun. Uh, We're going to chat a lot about his uh, career, about the new music he has out just about life in general, and uh, there's a few fun Chuck Wagon stories in there as well. So, without further ado, here's our interview with Brett Kissel. Drives me crazy. She drives me crazy. She drives me crazy. He's a fifth-generation Albernan born in St. Paul, just an hour northwest of Dewberry, the Chuckwagon driver capital of the province. He is the 2019 and 2020 Fan Choice Award winner of the Canadian Country Music Awards. Along with his music career, he seems to be making an announcement every other week about some new exciting adventure that he is a part of, from keeping a Kissel, the brand, to Deuce Vodka, and now Backwoods Backstage. While also being married to his sweetheart, Cecilia, Wagons play a part in how they met and raising their three kids. We are excited to welcome another Western Canadian special to the show, Brett Kissel. How are you doing today, Brett? I'm really good, Cass, and thank you for a, a, a great introduction. It's awesome to uh, go down memory lane with you, which I'm certain we're going to travel down, especially when you talk about uh, how the Chucks have kind of played a really important role for Cecilia and I in our and our love story. But uh, anyways, thank you for having me on your show. I'm really excited. This will probably mm-hmm. be the first interview we've done that hasn't been like very structured and radio. So I'm excited for that. Um, so I guess we're going to get right into it. So when I looked at the good old Google machine, I typed in the word Brett Kissel and Chuck Wagons. And I found there's a lot more results than I expected. Uh, there, was Interesting. there was 186 results. So okay, well, I gotta do this too. Okay, tell tell me more. Tell me more. So every time I looked, it was about you being a part of you know the cabarets after the trucks or performing around a wagon circuit event or stuff like that. And a lot of them were TP Creek. So that was really interesting to me. So I guess that kind of made me start thinking. Um, 
how did kind of wagons and rodeo and being a part of that world affect your career? Uh, that's, that's a great question. And it's something I don't get the opportunity to talk about on a regular basis, but it's been this constant theme in my artistry. And I guess as a, as a budding entertainer coming up through the ranks, playing rodeos and playing chuck wagon events. So in Dewberry, I, I had played that as, as a 14 year old and a 15 year old. Um, I remember, I think it was, his name is Al Brown. His company's called Rubber Rock Resources. And he booked me to play the Chucks. And I remember getting a chance in Bonneville when they were going to be bringing the Chucks in, you know, getting a chance to spend time with, you know, Ray Crotto Jr. I remember playing up in Teepee Creek. I remember my mom taught school with uh, a lady by the name of Jimmy Lou Irvine. Her husband is Doug Irvine. I remember playing at the Calgary Stampede and they offered me 500 bucks to play an event at the Stampede. And I turned around and spent that $500 on tickets in the grandstand so I could watch the Chucks. So I love the sport. I, I, I just, I'm so fascinated by it. And the more time I spend cast in other countries, the more time I spend traveling the world there's no place like home. There's no place like the prairies, like Western Canada, where it's a big part of our, our identity and our culture. And I mean, yeah, I mean, Ponoka and shit. I was, um, I, I got to find footage of this because I went uh, for a ride with DJ King in Lloyd Minster. And uh, he just went for a trial run. And my manager's like, you can't do that. What if you get hurt before the show? And I'm like, dude, I'm with DJ King. Do you think he's going to upset his, his chuck wagon? Like before, like, you kidding me? Like, get out of my way. Let me go. So it was, it was a lot of fun. Brett, uh, one of the questions I had for you uh, was I kind of relate, or I imagine it would be similar um, coming up being a chuck wagon driver or rodeo, uh, you know, cowboy or whatever, and, and trying to be a country music singer in the re respect that, you never really know when you're over the hump or, or when it, when you're, when you're certain that it's going to be a career for you. So my question is, was there ever a moment, uh, whether it was meeting somebody or maybe releasing a big song, um, where you knew that you were going to do this music thing for good? It's a great question, Dayton. And to be honest, there's a lot to unpack there in a good way, because I believe now that I've been a part of the business for as long as I have, I can look back on pivotal moments and understand that, hey, that was a giant fork in the road. And I, I took a left turn, which was the proper call at the time, and it led me on the path to success. Or, wow, that was a big moment where I actually uh, went up four or five steps on the ladder there. So for me, in those moments, though, you don't realize how big they are. I think until later, um, at least that's what I found. Maybe dissimilar to what's going on um, or not quite the same. And if you know, if you win at Pinoca or you know, if you win at the Stampede, that's a big thing, you've arrived. But for me, there are all these little things that added to my brand and maybe to my career. So even now, Dayton, I think that there's so much left for me to do. I guess I can look back on the success that I've had, but I feel like oh my God, there's so many things on the bucket list and so many things on my vision board in front of me that I need to cross off. So sometimes I feel I've really made it. And sometimes I feel like 
I have so much left to do. So you, maybe you ask me that question in, uh, in about 20 years and then, and then I'll be able to tell you a little bit easier. Yeah, we'll be on uh, after the ninth, maybe 102 by that time. That'll be just perfect timing. Yeah. Um, you know what? You kind of already touched on this, but some of your best uh, memories of the wagons. And I want to go back to like the fact that you got on a wagon and your manager's going, no, 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 don't do that. And I can just see you saying, no, I'm doing it. It's fine. Well, exactly. Growing up in the country and watching these events, I, I had no fear about the chuck wagons. Um, I loved uh, getting a chance to watch them. I loved getting a chance to be in the audience. And I always told myself, if I get the opportunity to ever be invited to go for a ride, it's gonna be an instant yes. So here I am in Lloyd Minster. My band is wrapping up Soundcheck and DJ uh, King came up and in his DJ King way says, Hey, want to go for a rip? That's it. That was my invitation. So I said, hell yeah, I do. So I, I just told my videographer, I said, well, you're probably going to want to capture this. And uh, I went in and, and we're just, we're just, we're letting the horses trot a little bit. We're just going around. And before we make the big loop and give her, well, in that time where we're just kind of practicing, my manager, my tour manager comes out and he says, hold it. What do you think you're doing? What happens if this happens? What happens? Da, 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 da. And I'm like, dude, settle down. Like, this isn't like, I don't know. It's not like I'm, I've got an apple on my head and someone's got an arrow to me. Like, yeah, I know that it's dangerous, but it ain't that dangerous. You know what I mean? And I'm with DJ King. This guy's a pro. And so I, I went and it was the most incredible and exhilarating thing I might have ever done in my life. And I think about all my buddies in the business that do this professionally. And I think these guys, yeah, they might be addicted to the money, but I think they're addicted to the adrenaline because I probably would get into the sport in some way, shape or form if I could. That's really exciting. And it's funny, you know what, a date, I don't know, maybe you can confirm this, but I don't really think it's money because as we talk, uh, there's not much money in the sport, but maybe no. it is the adrenaline of it. So. Well, I think it is. I mean, a lot of people love, love high impact sports. A lot of people love the competition. Of course, a lot of people are also married to the Western culture that comes along with, with the wagons. Um, and that's something that I, I regret was not really a part of my, my family, my history. We had a cattle ranch growing up. We had three, four, 500 cows. My cousins still have a big operation up in Bonneville. I still own cows and everything like that, but we would ride steel horses. We would chase all our, our, all our cows with quads. We never really did anything with horses. So there's this other deeper layer of Western lifestyle that comes with the chucks that um, I can't claim to be that type of rodeo guy or that type of country guy like Cody Johnson is like that's true authentic country and western that's country and western i'm trying to dabble a little bit more into the western side of things um 
but who knows what the future's going to hold. I mean, Date said that he's always willing to take people on a ride, so. Well, hey, I, I'm I'm ready to go. Where where can I meet you? Uh, I'll be there tomorrow. You might be safer with DJ on that one, honestly, Brad. I don't want to, if your manager's already worried. No, I, uh, I've i already told my manager that, uh, listen, this is who I am. This is what I do. I'm unpredictable. Uh, so don't, don't put me in bubble wrap here because, uh, or don't put me in a cage. So I'm just going to want to break free. So Dayton, if you want to take me for a rip, uh, you just tell me when and where. Once the weather's good and your horses are ready, um, we'll do another podcast episode from there. But this time we'll film it. Yeah, for sure. We could do that. Maybe <clears throat> one of the shows, um, which brings me to a question. With COVID going on right now, do you guys have any shows coming up or, or planned? Or are you kind of still uh, waiting on the word uh, from the government like everybody else? Great question. I have so many shows planned. I've got a tour planned. I've got ideas planned. I've got three vision boards in my conference room, all about the touring and the shows I'm going to play. And I can do absolutely none of them. I just, I can't pull the trigger on anything. Do you know why? Have you guys ever watched The Office? Or do you know the show The Office with? Yes. Okay. I feel that the government is literally like this. When Michael Scott is dating Pam and he finds out she doesn't want kids, he gets a vasectomy. Then in conversation, she says, no, I do want kids. So he gets his vasectomy reversed. And then she says, nah, kids just aren't for me. So he gets his vasectomy again. And then she says, well, why would you do that? Like now it's off the table. So he goes and he gets his vasectomy reversed. So it's snip, snap, snip, snap, snip, snap, snip, snap. That's literally what the government is doing right now. You can do this, but you can't do that, but you can, but you can't. But if you do this, you can't do that. But if you do that, you can do this. So I can't make any plans. Nobody can. Snip, snap, snip, snap, snip, snap, snip, snap. That's how I feel the government is treating its constituents right now. Just tell me what to do. Tell me what I can do. Because I'm sick and tired of getting my vasectomies reversed. I'm sick and tired of planning things that you're taking away from me. So just make up your mind. That, how that's I feel. the best analogy. I, sorry that I, uh, yeah, I just kind of went on a rant there. Sorry. No, that's it's all good. Rants are accepted. That's perfect. I think that's how uh, a lot of people feel in Alberta, especially. So uh, I don't think anybody can blame you for that one. So I guess uh, let's get on to a happier topic. <laughs> <laughs> As oh, I'm dying. Every, everybody listening right now and probably their their jacked up trucks just hauling horses or maybe in the in the tractor feeding cows. They're like, whoa, Kissel just lost it. <laughs> I'm, yeah i'm sorry yes let's talk about something happy i'll, I'll, I'll be on better behavior uh it is all good i uh i texted lauren before we started this and i said okay what can i expect from brett because we've only been a professional setting so i want to like i want to be a little more fun and not as uptight and she goes just let him go he's hilarious when you just let him go and i went all right <laughs> well there you have it you just let me loose and i went on a rant about the government sorry <laughs> Well, it's funny because it actually plays into like COVID kind of plays into what my next question is, because when COVID started last year, um, I just decided I was going to like binge on podcasts. So I started binging on yours and Cecilia's podcast, Keeping It Kissel. And that's kind of when like in my head and in my heart, I knew we had to get you on this show because you guys talked about how you met in Bonneville. And Wagons inadvertently played a part of that. So 
let's chat about that because I love Cecilia. I love following her on Instagram. So I'm really excited to kind of hear this story. Well, the chuck wagons are going to be coming to Bonneville. There was a big fundraiser to, uh, uh, I think, create the grounds so that uh, Bonneville Pro Rodeo BPRCA, Pro Rodeo and Chuck Wagon Association, had this giant fundraising gala dinner. And so I was hired. I'm going to play the event and we're going to have some fun. Well, in doing so, it sold out really quick. The community was getting behind this big event. Uh, Chuck's coming to town. And there were only two tickets left. And I gave them to, uh, to my friend who brought her girlfriend. And the dance floor is empty. And all of the tables, the gala tables are around the dance floor. And it's my job as an entertainer to get that dance floor packed. <clears throat> so prior to the show... I was actually going table to table to talk to sponsors from the local Ford dealership like Duchar Motors or Tercier Motors who are the, you know, the Chevy dealers. I would go to everybody, every oil company. I thank them for coming. I hope you enjoy the show tonight. Of course, I'm just playing covers. I'm, I'm 17 years old, so I don't have many of my own songs. So I'm saying, what would you like to hear? And someone says, oh, make sure you play some Garth Brooks songs. And someone says, make sure you play some Brooks and Dunn tonight. And so that's how you kind of ingratiate yourself to develop this fan base so that everybody's already excited for the music. Then I get to this table where I get introduced to Cecilia. It was like love at first sight. I didn't think that that existed, but it's real because it happened to me. I, my jaw hit the floor. I'd never seen anybody that beautiful with my own two eyes ever. And then as we started to talk, of course we had a lot of the same friends, we're both here from Bonneville. I just, I feel like I'm a very together guy and I just completely lost it. I felt I couldn't really structure a proper sentence. And so <clears throat> I went backstage to my band and uh, I pointed out from like behind the curtain. I said, you see that table over there? Look at those two girls, blah, blah, blah. See that girl, that's the seal. I just met her. Like, is she not the most beautiful thing you've ever seen in your life? And my guys are like, yeah, absolutely. So of course it's maybe seems a little bit shallow, but I got, I did get to know her. Amazing person and amazing looking. Now here's the thing. Halfway through this dance now, it's like 1130. My band is playing the song Peaceful Easy Feeling by the Eagles. I put my guitar on the stand. I jumped off the stage. I walked to her table. I asked if she would dance with me in front of everybody, which... It's either going to go really bad, she's going to say no in front of 500 people at the gala, or she's going to say yes, and this is going to be great. So she said yes, and we two-stepped, and I just kept looking at my band as I'm two-stepping with her. I'm like, I know this song is only three minutes, but like, keep it going. Make this a seven-minute song so I can dance with her longer, and I did. Then I didn't get her number because I realized later she had a boyfriend. So, but we just Facebook back and forth. Finally, this, this, this guy who's dating her, like he just doesn't realize what he has and they break up. And she and I just maintained our friendship. And I can assure you, I don't even know, and neither does she, we don't know when we started dating at all. We were just incredible friends for like two and a half years until I just asked her to marry me when I was 19. And so, I love her. And because of the Chucks in Bonneville, it was love at first sight. And we started our friendship March 15th, 2008. That's a really cool story. I love that. 
and I love that the Chucks played a part in it. That's that was like I need to get Brett on to tell that story because it's a cute story, and who knows how many other relationships started because of the Chuck Wiggins. So I really like that. Um, I guess going along with that, you just released your album "What Is Life," which really hit me because it's a very family oriented album it's stripped down it's basically going back to the basics which I love um but what kind of affected this like stripped down version and what was the difference this past year in recording that album with COVID in that well this entire year played a gigantic role into my thought process my decision making and um everything that I put into this record is truly as a result of the last 13 months and this new life that I've been living. The question, what is life, is a very big question. It's a vast question. I realized perhaps I've been on this quest to find the answer to that question for a lot longer than just these past 13, 14 months. But every single song, some definitely are stripped down. Some are designed to sound good on the radio for sure. But every single song, to a degree, could be an answer to the question, what is life? Well, maybe the answer is, it's about trying to make a life, not just to live it. Okay, that's the first single. Or maybe it's realizing that the grass ain't always greener on the other side, and you had it really good back when you were living at home and spending that time at home. So maybe it's time to leave the city and get back home. Like in the song I wrote, Die to Go Home. Maybe it's about looking back at the past and looking back at the great memories that you made and being appreciative of the roots that you've established, the things that shaped you in the song I, I recorded called Everything in the Rear View. Or maybe it's a proclamation about love and the person that you love the most in your life and how even though you may be together for 10 years, like Cecilia and I have been together, married almost 10 years this year, it'll be about re- I don't know, professing your love to the one that you love the most in the song I record a call from this day forward. This entire mindset and headspace I've been in is, has come out and has built and created this project called What Is Life? You know, it's really interesting because when I heard Make a Life Not a Living, I immediately thought of the check wagon community because like we said, there's not a whole lot of money in it. So really they're making a living or a life. They're not making a living. Uh, they'd like to make a living, but yeah, going back and forth. Oh, I get it. Um, but then I just, you're getting to know you off and on over the past six years. And I mean, we've talked before through Instagram, you've made huge impacts on my life without even knowing it. Um, you're so family orientated. And I love that Mila mm -hmm. and Arya and Leo were a part of this project because I mean, I was just driving along and all of a sudden I hear this little girl's voice and I'm like, who is that? Oh, that's Arya. And it just felt so cool. So what kind of made you think about putting them on this track? Well, I wanted to in include my kids in, in some way, shape or form because they're the reason I do what I do. I'm so grateful to be their dad. Aria was the one who titled the album, What Is Life? I was thinking about it for several months, but I never breathed a word or said those three words to Cecilia or my team at Warner Music or my management at all. I was only thinking it. We're driving out to the farm one day and there's a lull in, in, in conversation, or maybe there's a break in between 
the Disney songs we were listening to that day. And Aria from her little car seat said, Dad, I said, yes, babe. She said, what is life? I'm like, what? Why, why are you asking that question? Like, are you kidding me? Like, that is the most deep thing a three-year-old could ever say. Like, are you kidding me? What? And so I tried to explain it to her. And then she just goes about her merry way. And that was the sign from the universe that what I was thinking, and I swear, I'd never said it before ever. She just asked the question, what is life? So that meant that was supposed to be the title of the record. It was all meant to be. Um, and I record my kids all the time. We write little songs together. I get them on film. I just want to remember them this way all the time. And so I was able to select over the past several months, some of my favorite little clips of my kids from my voice memos or from, um, or from like, you know, videos. And I just inserted them into the record. And I thought it would be a really unique thing that maybe has never been done before in country music. So thank you for acknowledging that. I love that. And I love seeing your little videos on Instagram of the kids and that. I remember Mila was just born the first time we did an interview. So it's been very interesting to watch her grow since we connected five, five, six years ago. Oh, yeah. And she's she's such a leader. She is just such a great, great human being and so passionate, so fiery, so strong, so brave, so smart. I'm, uh, I'm really, uh, yeah, I'm, 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 I'm in for it. That's for sure. As she, as she gets older, because she's smarter than me now that she, and she's only five years old. She's going to be so smart when she's 13, 14, 15, 16. So I, I, I can't, I can't wait to see what my kids will become. <clears throat> That's awesome. Um, so I want to ask you before we have to wrap up here, uh, you have two new adventures, the first being Deuce Vodka and the second being Backwood Backstage. Like I said, you don't like being bored, do you? No, no, I, I can <laughs> sleep when I'm dead, really. Deuce Vodka is a great opportunity that really fell into my lap. I always wanted to get into the alcohol business and get into the spirits world. Um, and I thought for sure I was going to get into whiskey. I, I've been a whiskey guy for a long time, but over the past two years, I've really changed to vodka, uh, something about the clear liquid that doesn't give me headaches the way that whiskey would give me headaches. So as I got more into vodka, I had this opportunity from my uh, this gentleman by the name of Matt Doucette, who said, hey, I've got this company called Deuce Vodka. I'd like to sponsor you. And after I heard his business plan and after he showed me and gave me a sample, I flipped the script on him and I said, hold it, hold it, hold it. I don't want to be sponsored by you. What if I actually buy into the company? And he was all about it. So I became a 50-50 partner. So it's Matt and Kelsey, Cecilia and I, and our company, Juice Vodka, has done extremely well since we launched um, right before Christmas. And so we are in, I don't know, seven, 800 stores, every Sobeys, every co-op, everyone and beyond, every Safeway, so many great independent stores. And we're very grateful to have uh, Deuce Vodka and Deuce Neon Flavored Vodka, um, which, is, which is awesome for um, people. If, if you want just a little sipper, if you want a shooter, whatever it may be, Neon is, uh, we're selling a lot of it right now. And I'm very proud of that business. Not going to lie, mm -hmm. Neon has replaced Pink Whitney. Oh, good. Well, sorry to Ryan Whitney and, uh, 
and uh, Biz Nasty and, and my buddies on Spitting Chicklets. But uh, your Chuck podcast and uh, Deuce Neon is, uh, is, is the new kid in town. You know, we, we need it. We need a name sponsor. So uh, Deuce Vodka. <laughs> hey, well, hey, send, send me some of your analytics and send me what you think. And we'll, uh, we'll consider. I've got a whole marketing department that I, I, I let make the decisions. I'm just, I'm just up here trying to sell it, but uh, I think we'll, we'll take a look. I think me and Kelsey follow each other on Instagram. Oh, good. So I think so. She followed me back a while ago and I think I followed her back. So if I remember correctly. Um, nice. Great idea. And then, okay, Backwood Backstage. So funny story. When Lauren and I were working on her e-course, yeah. preschool e-course, we were in the middle of shooting and she said, we need to take a weekend off. And I said, okay, why? And she goes, well, Jay has to go hunting with Brett. I went, oh, okay, sounds good. And then all of a sudden, a couple months ago, you posted about Backwood Backstage and I was like, huh, that's really interesting. So well, how did this come to be? And did you know back when that hunting trip happened? Uh, well, I didn't know when, when Ebbs and I were, were hunting. I didn't know at the time that Lauren was creating this course with you. But I bought the preschool course. So shout out to her for my kids. So I'm really, really proud. And I think that you did a, an incredible job. And Lauren is such a great host and personality. Like she was, she, she truly is just one of the best people to be around Lauren Rodick Eberle. And so her husband, Jordan, and I have formed a great friendship over the years. And when Ebbs, uh, he, like every November, he's supposed to be playing hockey, but this year he wasn't. So I said, well, let's, let's go out and let's, uh, let's go hunting. So we went up to Buck Paradise in Paradise Hill, Saskatchewan. And um, we had a great time uh, hunting. He got, a, he got his very first deer, a beautiful buck. I got a great buck too. And it's so crazy how he's an NHL star, a great dad, a great golfer. <clears throat> yeah, he's a country guy at heart. And he's buying all of this meat making equipment. And he's in his beautiful garage. Okay, this beautiful garage that is the envy of anybody in Calgary. And yet he set it up like a butcher shop and he's making his own sausage and jerky. And I was so proud of him. So our episode Backwoods Backstage with Jordan Eberle aired um aired just last week the new one aired last night and uh it is an outdoor television show on the sportsman channel that just follows me my uncle my cousin and jordan walsh a good friend of mine as we go on hunting and fishing adventures so i was going to hunt and fish anyways we just brought a camera along to capture the fun and the stories and and all that stuff and it's been amazing so far that's really cool and i mean i guess covid in a sense has been good because it's given you chances to do these different things well it, it, exactly and i think that with my experience in the world of filmmaking and and you know hosting different episodes from time to time for different people it's been really great to bring a new uh, energy to the sportsman channel and they've already renewed for season two which is great so we're we've got a lot more hunting and fishing uh, coming up and shout out to DJ King who invited me out to his resort at Waterhen Lake in Saskatchewan where we went fishing for walleye so that too was awesome it was just great to be with DJ talk about chucks and go and uh, go and fish with him too that is so awesome well 
I guess uh, that's kind of the last of our time with you here, but I want to thank you so much, Brett, for joining us and taking the time out of your day. And it was great to reconnect. Uh, I think it's been about three years since we saw each other last. So hopefully in the future. <laughs> yeah, I hope so too, Cass, sooner than later. And uh, to you and to Dayton and to uh, everybody listening, like I just so appreciated getting a chance to, like I said at the beginning, go down memory lane, but also talk so much about chucks and rodeo and all that good stuff. I just never get to do that anymore. So thank you. Well, thank you for coming on. And it was so fun to hear. And we've got, we've, we do have plenty of time. We'll do another podcast whenever you want. Absolutely. Well, we'll stay in touch and uh, good luck on the new album. I love it. And uh, hopefully uh, things will open up and we can see each other soon. That's right. As long as the government doesn't snip, snap, snip, snap, snip, snap. <laughs> well, enjoy the rest of your day, Brett. You betcha. Bye for now. Bye. Thanks, Brad. Six figures, my bank account, bigger pile of cash. Don't make me richer. No. Give me your wraparound porch swing, swing and five acre pond with a night crawler sinking. Girl in my hand, the other one drinking that blood line. Yeah, that's my kind of Thank you again to Brett for coming on After the Ninth and chatting with me and Dayton. There was a lot of fun conversations in that interview. Um, I love his analogy of kind of the way things have been about, you know, lockdowns and restrictions and snip, snap, snip, snap, snip, snap. He does it better than I do, but that, that has to be the best analogy that I've heard yet of things. But, you know, things are opening up, so that's a good sign. Of course, if you want to listen to Brett's new album, it is called What is Life? And uh, it is out everywhere. And one of my favorite songs off of that album is Make a Life, Not a Living. So anywhere you stream music, Apple, Spotify, Google, I, there's a lot of places you can buy and stream music. I'm it's the same with podcasts. There's a lot of places, but out now. And, uh, you know, I just, I had a great time with that interview. So with that being said, and restrictions lifting, and by the way, it sounds like most restrictions are going to be lifting in Alberta on July 1st. That kind of leads into the fact that we are going to have a chuck wagon racing season. We said there'd be something and there is, and it is super exciting. So I made a post yesterday on After the Ninth and on my personal Instagram account. We are 10 days away from the first day of the race season. What? I know. It's exciting. Um, so we have the Dewberry races from July 1st to July 4th. Then you have High River from July 16th to July 18th. And then the second weekend is July 23rd to the 25th. Strathmore Stampede, July 30th to August 2nd. Bonneville is August 5th to August 8th, and then Battle of the North in Dawson Creek is August 11th to August 15th. So there are some pretty fun packed weekends there, and a lot of them are right around the Calgary area, which is going to be nice. I have uh, my hotel room booked for Dewberry, and I'm ready to go, and I'll probably be packed about five days before because just like most people, I'm itching to, you know, get back to the action and see what's going on. But I think the most exciting part is watching watching the athletes and watching the drivers get excited. Um, I've spent a lot of time around the Fike Barn lately, uh, watching Chad Fike and Jordy and, and even Chance Flad get ready for these races. And I think the horses are almost more excited 
than the drivers. And it's not even that they know that the races are coming, but it's that they know they get to do what they love. They get to run. And when I say run, they get to run. It is, it's so cool to see. So that is probably what I am most excited about. Um, so keep an eye out for more information on the races. If you're wanting more Chuck Wagon racing content, you of course can check out Women Though the Wagons hosted by myself outside the wagon, the WPCA's backstage pass. For more After the Ninth content and information, you can follow us on all social media platforms at After the Ninth, or you can check us out on the internet at afterthenineth.com. And if you're wanting to find out more information about Chuck Wagon Racing and about the WPCA, you of course can check out the WPCA.ca. And I guess that's it for me. That's a lot of rambling just by myself. I'm usually really good at this when it comes to Women in the Wagons, but I haven't done a uh, after the ninth intro and extra by myself. Dayton, of course, like I said, we're 10 days away from racing. So Dayton is getting ready and working with the horses and, you know, kind of getting life all figured out so that he can, you know, be 100% that first night of racing. So I said, you know, I'll do it by myself. And uh, <laughs> if you think I did all right, let us know. It is kind of funny. I'm sitting here going, huh, what am I doing? <laughs> But uh, that is it for me. And until next time, I'm Cass Patterson. He's got that wagon in full flight. Here's the wire. But that's a day in the country.